Welcome to Lawyered with Texas Attorney Tim Sutherland. Each week, your legal questions, asked and answered, and the legal news and insight that matters to you. Get ready to get lawyered. Now, here is your host, Tim Sutherland. Welcome to Lawyered. It's a law show, and we do legal news and take your legal questions. To be a part of the show, give us a call at 281-558-5738. 281-558-5738. And we'll be happy to take your calls and discuss any questions that you might have. Uh, as I said, I'm Tim Sutherland. You can find me online at Business Legal TX. And before we take those calls and those legal questions, I want to say that uh, for the advice you get, this is general advice, and I'd like for you not to rely on it. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and you should always consult a lawyer for your specific facts and situation and your legal question. With that, though, I'm happy to answer uh, generally based on the limited information you give me during the show. Um, let's see. We're going to talk legal news to start. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, most notably, we've got the more information on the Baylor lawsuits with Art Bryles here in Texas. I have a great case about fake butter in Dunkin' Donuts. With their uh, supposedly, what they do is that if you ask for butter on in the drive-through line, they give you some margarine, and that really pissed somebody off. So they sued them, and it turned into a class action, and that's recently settled. But uh, something to be aware of if you're like into eating real foods and not things that are made and fake. Uh, also, another class action for the wiring in your cars. It turns out that some of the wires in Toyotas is made out of soy. They're coated in soy. And that was a, a something that they did to save money and to kind of use a byproduct. And it turns out that rats love to eat those wires. And guess what happens when they eat your wires in your car? Well, nothing works and you're footing the bill, or your insurance is paying for it, and you got to pay a deductible, so you're out of pocket. And then I've got a story from these Pokemon Go's. The Pokemon Go people, we always wondered what's going to happen when there's one of those little Pokemons in somebody's yard or in some private property, and one of these kids or these people who are walking around all over the place with that app out decide they're just going to wander into someone's property. Uh, well, we have the first lawsuit here in the United States. They've had them all across Europe, and they've uh, kind of bowed to their will there. But now we've got one here in the U.S., so we want to see what's going to happen with that. As for the uh, federal suit with Art Bryles, that had been almost dismissed and had been challenged. And it turns out that it's not going to be dismissed. So what that means is that the plaintiff could potentially get their day in court. Um, it unlocks the doors of discovery. Too often when people see something's not dismissed, they think that it's, you know, it's, it's good to go, they're going to get to go to trial. And what it really means is that we're not going to dismiss it outright and just pop them and say, you know, you have zero case. Uh, so potentially they've got some settlement value there, potentially not. Depends on what they can uncover. It's a negligence suit in saying that uh, they didn't comply with Title IX by investigating the sexual assault allegations of former students against football players and that Baylor did not do enough uh, and, and in essence was protecting its football program over protecting its students. So that lawsuit will go on against Baylor and against uh, Mr. Art Bryles. So uh, something to watch, uh, if I had to guess, what's going to happen It's that these people are going to make some money. I mean, it's no mystery there. Baylor's got plenty of money, and I would imagine it won't take much to make a deal, get this out of the news, get this off their plates. And so I would not at all be surprised if it is dismissed or, you know, on the based on the settlement between the parties. And, and as always, you won't know about that. There won't be anything probably in the news about a settlement because it'll be confidential. It'll be filed with the court, and uh, nobody's going to talk about it one bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if the parties, if you were to ask the plaintiff to comment, they would just be like, I, I can't talk about it. Nor would they want to because she'd have a ton of money in her in her pockets. On to this butter thing. If you are a, D a Dunkin' Donut plant uh, person, there was a man in central Massachusetts 
who sued more than 20 Dunkin' Donut shops for using margarine when he ordered his, quote, buttered bagels. So here's the funny thing. I don't, number one, I don't know how he sued 20 shops. I mean, you'd have to really be just riding the circuit around the donut shop laying there to sue more than one. But I guess he probably set the lawsuit up. If, if you sued 20, then that would mean he would have had to personally go to each one of them, or that would have got dismissed, uh, and, and ask for them to give him a buttered bagel. And instead, he received a margarine bagel. Seems like not a big deal, but if somebody is into eating real butter and real food made out of milk, then they might be angry if they're eating something that's made out of whatever it is, hydrogenated oil. So he's probably one of those hippie people that cares. Um, and so what happens? He's not going to get rich. He's going to get $500. $500. The attorney, as you would see in most class actions, is getting $90,000. And they've, they've settled this case, but it doesn't mean that there won't be more. So hypothetically, I would imagine that somebody in Texas, if they found out, and let's say they just hate margarine, if they went through and ordered a bunch of buttered bagels and this same thing happened, then they too could wait a year or two and get $500. Sounds exciting. But people do it. People want to make a point and they feel offended. They feel angry that somebody wouldn't tell them that they're, they're you know, skimping on the real butter because it costs so much and giving them margarine. Dunkin' Donuts said that it wasn't trying to deceive people, but instead it was this margarine they can keep it at room temperature. And so when somebody's flying through the drive-thru, it's a lot easier because it's soft and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, these aren't – there are a lot of food-related lawsuits out there when people are angry about something that to a normal person doesn't seem that important. Uh, one of them I can recall from back in 2016 is the Subway lawsuit where somebody sued about the footlong not being a full 12 inches – I think it was like 11 inches, and they were just completely angry that they didn't get that extra inch of sandwich. So literally, they went subway to subway and measured with a ruler. And one of the explanations Subway gave was that the they bake their own bread. And so they order that dough from a manufacturer, and depending on you know the conditions in the restaurant, based on how warm it is, would affect how the dough rises— if you know anything about baking, you know you, you've got to wait for your dough rise, and it's it's not an exact science. And that could affect how large the sandwich is based on the bread whenever they bake it. And they measured the grams of the bread, and they said, well, it's the exact same grams, you know, whether it's 13 inches, 12 inches, 11 inches, but uh, nobody cared. So uh, that's... That didn't go very well for Subway, and the attorneys in that case got $520,000. And there were 10 plaintiffs, and they got, you guessed, $500 apiece. Some of those other donut people, by the way, they got um, they got like three free buttered sandwiches. So not much of a perk there if you're having to bring an entire lawsuit. And by the way, it costs like $300 to file a lawsuit. So... Yeah, absurd. I know. So uh, we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, we will take some calls. I've got some Facebook questions that have come in throughout the week and some emails. So we'll go through those. And uh, let's go into that first break. We'll be right back on the loop. Got a question for Tim? Phone lines are open. 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Are you a business owner using contracts you found online and Google for free legal advice? Don't settle for second-rate legal counsel. You need a custom contract to protect your business. With the right contract language, you can protect your company and the deals you make with third parties. And if something gets misinterpreted, your contract can help you find a quick resolution to your dispute. Attorney Tim Sutherland can help you identify your goals and can draft, review, and negotiate contracts that help you achieve those goals. The right advice can help neutralize risks before they become big problems. Go to businesslegaltx.com to set up a free strategy session to get your business on the right track. Go to businesslegaltx.com now. Don't wait. 
Here's some other good reasons to go to businesslegaltx.com. Maybe some of you are finally starting up a business from that lifelong passion you've always had. Or maybe you came up with a great idea just last week that you're eager to monetize. Go to businesslegaltx.com to set up a free strategy session and get your business on the right track. You supply the talent, ideas, and ambition. We'll supply the legal guidance to help your startup with formation, IP protection, and growth strategies. Go to businesslegaltx.com now and set up a free meeting to plan for your business today. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-400-1841. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-400-1841. Again, that's 1-800-400-1841. Why should you invest in a new Tempur-Pedic sleep set from Gallery Furniture today? Because you deserve it. Sleep is life. Life is sleep. Come out to Gallery Furniture today. Buy a Tempur-Pedic sleep set. You deserve it. Start sleeping better every single night. Most of us spend up to a third of our life in a mattress. Get the best night's sleep ever on the world's most recommended mattress. The world's biggest selection of Tempur-Pedic sleep sets in stock at Gallery Furniture right now. Delivered, of course, today. Welcome back to Lawyered. I'm Tim Sutherland. This is a law show where we talk about legal news, and I'm happy to take your legal questions. To be a part of the show, call in at 281-558-5738. We can discuss any issues you're having. Uh, let's take, if you're ready over there, Mr. Producer. Oh, I'm always ready. Yeah. Let's take our first question that we've gotten through the Facebook, which, by the way, is Lawyered Radio, at Lawyered Radio. Feel free to send me one by a message on there. You won't want to put it on the wall, obviously, but stick it in a message, or you can email me. Um, I have an email address set up for this show. It's Tim at LawyeredTX, like the state, dot com. All right, let's go to the first one. All right, I don't know if it's male or female, but it doesn't matter. Here's a question. My employer calls me a contractor, but I think I am an employee. Yeah. Now, what can I do? Um, yeah, by the way, we simplify these because sometimes people tell us too much information, so we kind of break them down. I got you. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – let's see. Well, when you hire someone, you have to make a decision. Are you going to label them an employee, give them a W-4, or are you going to call them an independent contractor and give them a 1099 form? And that has to do with not only your taxes as an employer and what you pay to the IRS, but also what your – a uh, hired person has to pay because if you are um, a an employee, then you will have your employer deduct all the taxes, which makes it a lot simpler for you. And the employer will also pay uh, Medicare and all that stuff. So um, if you are misclassified is what we call it, then you've got a couple avenues you can do. Number one, there's a lot of statutes at play here. The Fair Labor Standards Act – and because that has to deal with your overtime. And then you've got uh, another issue with ERISA, which is for uh, employment benefits or uh, retirement benefits, which go to employees. So what you do if you think you're misclassified and that you're being called an independent contractor, but you're really an employee, is the first thing you can do is talk to your employer. And so uh, if you talk to your employer about it, you can tell them you feel like you're misclassified and that you'd like them to voluntarily fix that for you. So I would make that kind of a, a basic talk. You know, you don't want to like tell them you're going to sue them immediately because that could sour things if you're trying to keep the job. So do that. And then uh, if that doesn't work, you can report them to the Department of Labor, 
which kind of threatens an IRS investigation, and that doesn't cost any money to you. You just make the report, and that could fix it. And at last resort, I would say, is to send a demand letter from an attorney and try to uh, try to get them to resolve it that way by threatening them. Of course, that makes it messy if you're going to keep working for this place. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. We're taking your calls at 281-558-5738. Uh, Tim, you want to? We got Tim Jim now. Uh, he's from the Heights, and he has a parking ticket question. Go okay. ahead. Yes. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Yes, I got a parking ticket for parking next to a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. The problem is this fire hydrant, and I haven't seen any of them that are like this driving around, that has trees planted around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a business there that planted the trees. And there's also a government facility there that nearby that would need this access to this fire hydrant. But if people on the street, you can't see it, the fire hydrant from either direction as you're approaching it. They painted red markers on the curb as you pull into a parking area, but in front of the hydrant there's no red mark curb or anything, which I guess that's not required, but if you can't see the thing because of the trees and the bushes, I don't see in... I'm trying to figure out even how the officer... Saw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times these parking people they have those little Priuses, and they drive around in their little Priuses, and it's this jerk's job to just ruin people's day by sticking a ticket in their windshield. You know, I often think that'd be a good job if you're just a very spiteful, mean person. So they go around, they look for the littlest details, and then they just throw those tickets out. So I guarantee you that person knows that nobody spots the hydrant, and they just go to that spot every day and pop people for tickets. Yeah, And I have in the past, I got a ticket in front of uh, one of those digital parking meters downtown and it was off. And so I could not, um, I, I, I couldn't pay it even if I wanted to, but I, I, I didn't have time to go you know, around the city to find one. And so th- the first thing I did, I took my ticket right then and I drove down to, I think it's the municipal court. And you just go up there and you, you tell them that you're going to, you're going to argue this ticket. And I got to go in and talk to the judge that day. Very informal. I just went up to the counter and said, look, I got a problem with this ticket. I filled out a little form. I went in, sat down with the judge across from him in a normal office setting. And I said, I, I, I made my case. I had pictures on my, on my phone of this meter being turned off. And I said, oh, look, I couldn't have paid if I wanted to. I'm happy to pay you, you know, the, the $2 that it would cost for me to park there. And I, I gave him my evidence. He swore me in, actually. I had to swear under oath. I was going to tell the truth. I raised my hand and everything. And at the end of the meeting, uh, he, he dismissed the case. And so what I would tell you to do is, I, I, when did you get the ticket? Oh, a couple of days ago. Uh, I would tell you to go back there and take your photos, get everything, and then go down there. And it's, I, I wish I could give you the address. It's downtown. It's kind of on the right yeah. outside of downtown. I yeah, it's on, the, it's on the ticket there. But the only thing I was thinking of was also, if I get off the ticket still, how is that going to change the situation? Because to me, if it's encouraging people to park there because it looks like a parking space, then the fire department's not going to be able to get access to that plug if it's needed. It sounds like, to me, it's a safety situation. Well, you know, I, I don't know about that. I, I think as far as fixing it, I mean, the be- there's probably something you can do as far as complaining to the city about it. That's uh, why I was wondering about regulations on parking. If Where do I find it? Is it? Can I get that online or would I have to? Whenever I'm looking for anything about regulations, I go to the, the, the city of Houston has its own ordinances and regulations for building just about anything. You know, any any anything that's being built or construction or uh, things like that, even for for parking, as you said, they've got parking for the food trucks, they've got parking for cars and all that stuff. You can find that on the City of Houston website, and then I believe you're going to be able to find some more regulations on the Harris County website. Oh, okay. Uh, and and so that would be one. I don't know that you need to go digging through the regulations, though, and things like that. I I would, would not be surprised if a lot of times on the city you can find different phone numbers to the different uh, departments. And, you know, I can't tell you that there's one to do with parking and things like that, but there probably is. Well, the, there's a fire department right around the corner. Would it be doing any good to talk with them and see? Cause They're probably not going to know what to do as far as the, the government goes. This is a government issue. Yeah. And I, and I, I, wouldn't, I know your concern is, is good that you're worried about the fire department being able to plug their hose in, but 
I would think they could plug the hose in still. It's just going to end up going over that car. Yeah. So that car is going to get jacked up. But, you know, they can plug the hose in. It's just very inconvenient to them, which we don't want to cause. I, I'm with you on that. We definitely don't want the fire department having any more difficulty in uh, putting out fires or climbing, you know, whatever they're doing, climbing into buildings with their ladders. But, um, you know, and, and I've, I bet you they'll tow that thing out of there, too. That's a tow zone probably, right? You're lucky you didn't get towed. No, it doesn't say towing it. The way they've got it marked, it looks like there's parking on the street, but it looks like a viable parking area because you can't see the, the yeah. plug at all. All you see is palm trees and bushes. and. Yeah, that's kind of silly. You yeah. know, somebody needs to cut those down. You know, it's not a surprise, you know, if you look at the way our streets are, there's holes everywhere. And, you know, it's not exactly a priority to go out and clean up the shrubbery. That happens with stop signs, too, and people will blow through a stop sign and hit somebody. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, good luck to you, and thank you for the call. I hope it all gets resolved. But I'd go challenge that ticket. It'll be a good experience. It'll be kind of fun because I think you'll probably win it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Here, here on Lawyered, have you ever had a have you ever had to defend somebody on some kind of a situation like that? Ever? People ask me to do parking tickets all the time, and I say no because I, it's just it's it's that is a non-moving violation. It's not going to get reported to insurance anyways. And if you ask me to go down to court for that, it's going to be a couple hundred an hour, and I got to you know listen to your story and gather your evidence unless you do it yourself, and then I'm going to go down there and win. And what are we? It'll cost you more to pay me to do it than you could just pay to them, to the city, and just get it over with. It's probably only 20, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah, might as well pay it. I would just pay it if, if at worst and then, uh, you know, not avoid the avoid the penalties and all that and just move on. Uh, but challenging, it, it, it only costs you your time. You know, of course, during the working hours, which stinks, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a way to, uh, you know, to—, to to at least try. I mean, it's worth a shot. I, I don't think it's a lawyer thing, though. There, there are people that will, you can hire a traffic lawyer if you're getting these moving violations that actually ding your insurance. And then it's worth it because if you look at oh, the yeah. long-term costs, then, you, you know, it might be better to pay the lawyer and keep that off your record. Yeah. Well, here, I got another another question here. Uh, this person has a friend whose ex-boyfriend used, uh, used the photos and a video for a song promotion. Now, since they broke up, he's been harassed he, he actually he harasses her on facebook or he's phoned by text and calls mm-hmm. well um okay yeah i've dealt with some weird stuff like this where there's like naked photos that uh, an ex has and they're holding them over a female's head and saying you know you don't get to stop talking to me because i've got this leverage on you uh, this is not quite the same thing, obviously, but if you allow someone to use your photo, a lot of times you're giving them um, rights. You're giving them the uh, the right to use your your photo. And it, it, sometimes there's something in writing. So I would always ask that. Did you guys sign something? Did a photographer make you sign something? You might have signed something and not even remember. And then you end up with some kind of lawsuit and they just pop that thing out on you and you lose because you gave them permission to use it. Um, the second thing would be if they, if they don't have the rights, I would still f- talk to a lawyer about this, obviously, because the consequences and, and the effect it's having on your life. Um, but if he's profiting and there is no agreement in place to give the rights, then uh, you might have some kind of uh, you know wrongful light or publicity type claim or uh, something along that na- nature. So that's a, t- that's a tort claim uh, because then the pictures would potentially belong to you. Uh, you might have some kind of copyright claim. You might have uh, definitely for the uh, messages and the phone calls and things like that. Uh, that's a criminal matter. You can actually report that to the police and it's a crime. And so you can pursue that free of charge. Obviously, don't need to hire a lawyer. And you can try to get the police involved because there are actual criminal statutes in place that protect people from having their phone ring off the hook, having text messages and things that are unwanted. So that would be a good place to start. We'll be right back on Lawyered. We're going to go into our second break. Got a question for Tim? Phone lines are open. 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. 
Are you a business owner using contracts you found online and Google for free legal advice? Don't settle for second-rate legal counsel. You need a custom contract to protect your business. With the right contract language, you can protect your company and the deals you make with third parties. And if something gets misinterpreted, your contract can help you find a quick resolution to your dispute. Attorney Tim Sutherland can help you identify your goals and can draft, review, and negotiate contracts that help you achieve those goals. The right advice can help neutralize risks before they become big problems. Go to businesslegaltx.com to set up a free strategy session to get your business on the right track. Go to businesslegaltx.com now. Don't wait. Here's some other good reasons to go to businesslegaltx.com. Maybe some of you are finally starting up a business from that lifelong passion you've always had. Or maybe you came up with a great idea just last week that you're eager to monetize. Go to businesslegaltx.com to Set up a free strategy session and get your business on the right track. You supply the talent, ideas, and ambition. We'll supply the legal guidance to help your startup with formation, IP protection, and growth strategies. Go to businesslegaltx.com now and set up a free meeting to plan for your business today. Warning, if you've recently declared bankruptcy, you're going to want to cover your ears because there's an alternative to bankruptcy and it could be better than you'd ever think possible. But if you've already declared bankruptcy and have missed this opportunity, you'll want to cover your ears now. Here it is. Right now, the company that has resolved more credit card debt than anyone in the U.S. may be able to settle your debt, too. You could resolve your debt with one low monthly program payment. If you call right now and qualify, Freedom Debt Relief will show you how low your monthly program payment could be for free. Call now. 1-800-600-1637. That's 1-800-600-1637. If you're struggling with debt, this could be your answer. And the bigger your debt, the more money you could save. To find out for free how much of your hard-earned money Freedom Debt Relief could help you save, call now. 1-800-600-1637. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-6131. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now 1-800-900-6131. That's 1-800-900-6131. Welcome back to Lawyered. I'm Tim Sutherland. This is Law Show, where we take your calls and your legal questions and talk about some legal news that may or may not be important to you, but which I find interesting. The call-in number is 281-558-5738. 281-558-5738. We can discuss your legal questions if you have any. I have uh, the guy. Somebody just called us on that line, 281 mm -hmm. Couldn't stay on long enough. I'm going to try to put it in his words. He's got a, a, two neighbors, right, with an easement. Uh, driveway where they have to share the same mm -hmm. one where it branches all further down. His question is, he's uh, his neighbor's always blocking it at the beginning. This has been going on for like a month or so. He's asked him nicely if he'd give him some right-of-way so he could get into his driveway. Is there anything legally he can do with that kind of a problem? So they're sharing a driveway right. based on what you remember. Right. And one of them is blocking the other ones from even using the, the driveway. Yeah, he should because it moves down and branches off as it goes uh -huh. down to each house. And oh. he's always there blocking the driveway. And so they have a shared – I wonder if they have a homeowners association or it's I, just a couple because a lot of times – Everything is governed by um, the homeowners association. So this assumes it's not like a duplex. But no. uh, if you're in, like, let's say a little gated area and there's 10 
homes in there. Surprisingly, there'll be a homeowners association. There'll be some president. And then you've got these bylaws that you go by. And that will be probably covered by that, the, the procedure for complaining. But yeah, if uh, if somebody's blocking it, then you know that that's that's a big issue. Then you, you would have some you have rights to that that driveway just as much as they do. And you know, it's it's one of those things where you you obviously don't want to have to sue them for this, but it's a property law issue just like any other. Uh, and it seems like it'd be you know obviously this is the same thing with the employer question. Once you go about threatening your neighbor that you live next to, you're really going to ruin relationships. And so I, I wouldn't immediately go out and hire a lawyer, but this is something that a lawyer can fix for you for sure. It's confusing. I'm, I'm, whose property is, is that to begin with? They both own? Is that yeah, yeah. They both I have rights to use it. It's a confusing deal there. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a terrible design by the builder if, if they put someone at mercy of the other person parking because – Maybe it's not wide enough or something like that. So it's, it's it just wasn't a practical design, and nobody thought about it when they moved in because it probably looks nice, but it's not it's not actually practical. And so if somebody has a large car, then or maybe a long truck, they're going to block the other person's you know parking. That's that stinks. Got another question for you? Okay. Uh, I got an email from a payday loan company. It says oh. I have court on April the twentieth. Uh, what what do I do? Oh, well, wow. Well, uh, first question I'd ask would be, did you actually get a payday loan? Because if you didn't, then then we know where this is going, right? Yeah. And it's not uncommon. Sometimes people get sued and they're the wrong person. Uh, like, you know, I'm Tim Sutherland. If uh, you try to find some other Tim Sutherland that's a deadbeat and you think you found him and I'm it's me and you try to serve me, then, I'll, you know, obviously I'm going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But guess what? Everyone says that they're the wrong person and that they're innocent. But if you never got a payday loan, then you have a really good defense, obviously. Second issue there is if somebody emailed you about you going to court, that's not a valid service. Um, So obviously, if you have no idea about the lawsuit, then you haven't been served. You'd remember getting served. Uh, that, That could be, you know, most of the time, the most traditional method. The proper way to do it is to bring it to someone's door and personally hand them the service of process, which is the notice of the lawsuit. It's a copy of the lawsuit. So you get to read what you're accused of, uh, why you why you owe the money. And uh, it says, you know, where it's from. Obviously, if the attorney's on there, you could call that attorney and, and tell them what you'd be saying. Like, hey, I didn't even get a payday loan. So that's another thing. Uh, the other thing is that's, that's really short notice. That's a real problem right there to have to pop into court uh, all of a sudden. I mean, Sounds like a scam. So if I had to tell you the first thing to do and what I would do is I would uh, look at the address on there, look at the sender, uh, if there's a phone number, try to just do a basic Google search to figure out if this is a scam. The other day I got a phone call and a voicemail from somebody and it said that I was going to get sued by the IRS. Not true though. Not true. I... I, uh, they said that I was going to get sued, and they're trying to serve me. And I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, that's possible. The IRS could, serve, you know, sue me uh, for for whatever. I mean, I own my own business, so they could be digging into my stuff for all I know." But uh, it turns out I, I took the number and I typed it into Google, and and there were a bunch of people that got these same calls, and they decided it was a scam, and that was good enough for me. So uh, you know, I'm not dealing with it, not calling them back, nothing. Um, so that's a start as well, but I, you know, I don't think it, it's probably not a legitimate issue. Uh, but you should do the search first of all. The second step that people do when you get a debt collection notice is that you should, uh, you can contact the sender and tell them to give you proof of the debt, and they have to send you according to federal law. Uh, they have to show you uh, the documentation to prove whatever they've got in their file at least to show the validity of the debt. I mean, for all you know, this could be somebody from like California or something like that, and they, they think they tracked you down, but they didn't. Uh, so that's something to do. Uh, you definitely don't want to just miss court. If, you, if, if for some, you know, remote possibility it's legitimate and they served you in a newspaper, you know, a year ago, which is possible. You, if you can't find someone, you can serve them in the newspaper for, for some things. You wouldn't want to just not show up and have them uh, get a judgment against you for however much it is. And, uh, you know, with those ridiculous interest rates, things can climb. So I would at least look into it, contact them, and try to, 
get an explanation for what's going on. And if they haven't served you, I mean, they need to obviously, you know, track you down and properly do that. Um, otherwise, you have to go to court and challenge the judgment later on. Uh, so I, I generally recommend that people don't run from things, that you just kind of address it head on. This is a this is a good lawyer question. Uh, a person goes on to say, I had a truck stored at a friend's house mm-hmm. while I went to jail, and then they gave it away to someone. What kind of action can I take? Okay. You know, I can imagine how that could probably happen if, if uh, you got limited parking at your place and some one of your buddies leaves his stuff at your house for a year or whatever, two years or however many months, and you're like, you don't hear from your friend. He's like, where did he go? Um, well, what can you do? Well, hopefully you can find the vehicle. If you could find the vehicle, you could ask whoever's got it, do you actually have title? Do you actually have any title to this thing? Because who would have transferred the title validly at least to the new holder of the vehicle and that nobody could have done it because the only person that could sign assuming you had the title in your name and it was signed by you from whoever you got it from uh the only person that could sign that title over would be you you know and 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 so obviously you know you didn't sign the title over so you've got uh something that you can uh you've got some leverage there Proof to get your ownership. car back. Yeah. yeah and the person who took the truck without getting title really doesn't have much of a defense there. Even if they did pay to your friend or whatever, you said giveaway, but if they did pay, I mean, some red flags should go up when you get something and someone won't give you the title. I mean, the person that's taking the the property is, uh, you know, taking a risk. This happens, though. I mean, maybe you get a really good discount price and you're going to use it on your own property and you've got like, a you know, some, some acreage out in the country and you're like, well, I don't need title because I'm not going to, Someone's like, you know, makes up an excuse. Oh, I lost it. You know, I can't get it. It's from my great uncle who died and left it to me. You know, they make up all kinds of lies and things like that and get some cash. And then you're just using it to pull things around and haul trash on your land or something like that. I mean, uh, my dad's got property. And he, he uses, I'm not saying untitled vehicles, but he, he, he there's some trucks he uses just for work on the property. And so, you know, maybe that's what's going on. But still, you find your find your truck and I... I would say you can get it back, especially if you threaten a lawsuit. And this is something you can do in small claims court probably, uh, assuming that your truck is worth less than $10,000. And that means you could do it with yourself and you have a pretty easy case uh, without hiring a lawyer. If you got a valuable truck, then you want to hire a lawyer, then make sure you can na- navigate through that. Do you take care of uh, IRS cases at all, oh, or you try no. to stay away from? No, that? I mean I don't know very much about tax law other than what I've learned operating my own businesses. Um, so yeah, I try to steer clear of that. And as an attorney, they tell us, you know, watch out giving tax advice. So if somebody, if something I do involves taxes, then I always am like, but you should go see a tax lawyer because that's a whole different field of law, and people have. Uh, specialized knowledge in that. And so it's kind of something that you don't want to go into. It's like if somebody asked me for criminal law advice, you know, I don't do criminal law, but I know, I know some, you know, I took the bar, I passed the bar. I I know enough about criminal law to pass the bar exam, but you know, I haven't done, I've done one DUI case uh, ever and we won. It was a jury trial and I was just assisting. uh, I got to pick a jury and do that kind of thing, but it was more an attorney that I have a good relationship with and he thought it would be an amusing case for me. And the facts were really cool, so we did it together, and I, it was fun. Uh, but I wouldn't. I've had people since then ask me, you know, even relatives. My, they ask me, "Can you do this for me? Can you show up for my DUI?" And I just say, "No, no, I cannot do that." You're better off probably rolling in there yourself and getting some sympathy from the judge, and then then having me show up and and not know what's going on, and dealing with the district attorney who's done thousands of them. Do you handle libel suits? Libel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, I have a question about a, a person who was coming down the steps of a school. It was a kid, like sixth mm. grader. I can't remember the school. Fell down. It was sort of slippery. Can that person sue the school for that? Yeah, yeah. So, well, the school. So anytime you're suing a government entity, you've got issues because a lot of times they're immune from suit. Um, but in a normal premises, I mean, it's still look, worth looking into depending on the injuries, if you've got severe injuries or a lot of, you know, you're very hurt and, you, and you, there's a lot of medical bills involved, then that's something a personal injury lawyer is going to take anyways. So you go to a personal injury lawyer, they know all the ins and outs about how to sue people, especially how to sue. They'll even sue the cops and sue government 
entities for traffic accidents, and they figure out a way to do it. But generally, if, if there's something where there's a hazard and somebody is injured on water or, you know, even in a grocery store, you'll slip on produce or something like that, the standard is, uh, did you know that there was uh, a dangerous condition in the form of, uh, you know, liquid all over the floor? And did you do nothing to fix it? Should you have known, is this a leaky, you know, uh, is it a leaky ceiling and it's always wet there and it rained that day and you did nothing and so this kid busted his butt? If he doesn't have any injuries and it's not severe, then you don't just sue to make a point because then you're not going to – nobody's going to take your case and you're not going to make any money. So it's – you know, why, why go through with it? All right. Well, we will be right back after this break with more. Got a question for Tim? Phone lines are open. 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Are you a business owner using contracts you found online and Google for free legal advice? Don't settle for second-rate legal counsel. You need a custom contract to protect your business. With the right contract language, you can protect your company and the deals you make with third parties. And if something gets misinterpreted, your contract can help you find a quick resolution to your dispute. Attorney Tim Sutherland can help you identify your goals and can draft, review, and negotiate contracts that help you achieve those goals. The right advice can help neutralize risks before they become big problems. Go to businesslegaltx.com to set up a free strategy session to get your business on the right track. Go to businesslegaltx.com now. Don't wait. Here's some other good reasons to go to businesslegaltx.com. Maybe some of you are finally starting up a business from that lifelong passion you've always had. Or maybe you came up with a great idea just last week that you're eager to monetize. Go to businesslegaltx.com to set up a free strategy session and get your business on the right track. You supply the talent, ideas, and ambition. We'll supply the legal guidance to help your startup with formation, IP protection, and growth strategies. Go to businesslegaltx.com now and set up a free meeting to plan for your business today. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas. When I was playing ball, they called me the big hurt. But after I left the game, Mother Nature started putting a big hurt on me. I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, it wasn't my fault. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. But luckily, I found out about Nugenics. Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting ENERGY to 321321. With Nugenics, you can feel stronger, leaner, with a lot more stamina and energy. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenics is GNC's number one selling men's vitality product. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting ENERGY to 321321. Nugenics samples are not available in stores. So again, text ENERGY to 321321. Hey, remember the mortgage meltdown of 2008? Have you tried to get a mortgage since then and been turned down? Or maybe you haven't even tried because your credit score is stuck at 585 or your tax returns have too many write-offs. Well, Cash Call Mortgage has great news for you. We've just introduced programs for people who've been told no. And what's doubly exciting is that we can solve your mortgage problems with no closing costs, no points, title, escrow, and no fees. Wait. Cash Call, are you saying you now have credit and income-solving mortgages with no closing costs? Are you kidding? You heard right. A credit or income-solving loan with no closing costs. Call 855-875-CASH and we'll work with you to solve your mortgage issues. Make the cash call at 855-875-CASH. First Mortgages Impact Mortgage Corp. BBA Cash Call Mortgage. One City Boulevard, Orange, California, 92868. NMLS 128-231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states. Not available in Washington State. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing, terms, and restrictions. That's 855-875-CASH.
Welcome back to Lawyered. I'm Tim Sutherland. We are still taking calls, if you have any. And, of course, we've had some uh, messages and emails and such come through throughout the week, and we're trying to get to as many of those as possible. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to update you, actually. The the last show, I found uh, a better answer. We were I was looking at this. Uh, there was a, a cool question that we had last week from a, a person that was concerned about her neighbor that was diverting all the property onto her oh, onto her land. I remember that. Yeah, I really liked that one, and I was I was kind of talking about basic common law that it just it doesn't make sense that you could damage your neighbor's property because you can't damage people's property. Period. So, uh, and I did find a better answer to that, and I wanted to follow up on it. So a a landowner in Texas doesn't have the right to change the course of escaping water to the detriment of uh, an adjacent property. So I would look into its Texas Water Code 11.06, and that's called overflow caused by diversion of water. So um, I would think that based on that statute, you have a a claim that someone is uh, unlawfully diverting their water onto your property and could damage it. So, you know, that includes potentially, uh, you know, rainwater and things like that. So I would just look into that, check that out, do some searches and use that as a starting point. I saw that during the show last uh, week. I, I think we were on a break or something and I, I, I just didn't have time to to get back to it. But uh, fascinating idea that you could have what however many neighbors surrounding you and they all ship their water into your house and just drown you if you're the uh, unlikable guy in the neighborhood yeah i'm I'm, this is a long i'm going to try to condense it in my mind yeah Uh, they said i worked for my best friend as an assistant for eight months uh she would give me signed checks to pay myself for expenses uh they were spent out of my personal account on her behalf in a salary that was verbally discussed Mm -hmm. Uh, checks were on a bi-weekly basis. The amounts were never questioned until there was a, a, a severing of the friendship. And at that point, never before requested. Now she wants the receipts of everything uh, on the money, spent the money on uh, that for her, on her. Uh, first, they, there was nothing, anything she had requested before. Second, she wants me to pay her the difference of expenses, salary. Uh, how do I take care of this in the best way right um well i guess the first issue is did you actually you know um did you take more money in expenses than you should have if they're legitimate expenses i don't see the issue unless they're trying to maybe she's hung up for money type for money and wants to sort of uh catch you with you don't have any receipts because you already got paid so maybe you didn't hold on to the records and no running total so what do you do yeah Yeah, what do you do to prove yourself innocent basically well the fact that you remember what the expenses are submitted bills may show some evidence of what they were because you invoiced somehow so the amounts they could have came out of nowhere if you mean if you're a jerk but uh, they probably didn't um if if you actually believe that you owe the money if you agree that you overcharged, then you know. I, I guess if you're if you're agreeing that you d- didn't do right by your friend, then what you would do to pay the money is that you can execute a settlement agreement that says, like every settlement agreement does, it says that I am not admitting that I did anything wrong, but rather than go through the expenses of a lawsuit and drag this out for years and years and years, I'm agreeing to pay you this much money. So it's yeah. like good faith. Yeah, I mean, because dealing with a lawsuit is very expensive. And so sometimes someone suing you, it could be a breach of contract case, and maybe you're suing for $5,000. But in the contract, it says whoever wins gets attorney's fees. Or if I have to sue you on this contract, I get attorney's fees. So if that's the case, then the attorney's fees are going to be way more than $5,000. And so you might as well, if you already know you owe it, or even a portion of it, try to cut a deal to where you pay... You know, if not full price, then half or, you know, 60% or something like that and avoid the attorney's fee stuff. That way you can structure out a payment plan and just get it over with. Uh, and that happens to everybody. Even when you don't owe the money, it's a business decision. And I always tell people, try to detach yourself from the emotional part of it. And some clients, they want to, they're like, no, I'm right. And I'll spend whatever I want, you know, whatever I have to, to 
not give it to this person. I'd rather pay you $100,000 than pay that jerk 5000 And those are good clients to have. Don't get me wrong. And I agree with their position. It's just an issue with the legal system. So if you admit you owe it, then I would say try to make a deal and tell them, you know, look, look, I don't have the evidence to prove myself. I don't have the receipts. So, you know, I'm willing to pay you some of it. I can't pay my salary back to you because I did the work. If I did the work, you're not getting the money back from me doing the work after the fact, after you've had the benefit of me working for you. That makes zero sense. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd try to see if you can execute some kind of deal. It's called a release from the claims. You'd get a release as a part of your settlement, and you would put in there that you're not admitting liability. And then if you settle it and be a full final settlement for all claims, make sure there's broad language, any and all claims that you have knowledge of, that you don't have knowledge of, and that should take care of it. And that's something that I wouldn't say you should find online, but you could. And something you could, if it's a lot of money, I'd recommend just going to a lawyer and saying, look, I need a release. Here's what happened. Can you give me that document for me? And it's something every lawyer has, because if you've ever settled the case, then you've had a release and you've had a settlement agreement. And so it, it shouldn't take a much time to do it. I mean, I have them on hand, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Should they have drawn up the contract because none was? Yeah, if you don't have I mean, an employment contract with them, that's another thing. But it's it's very common for even large businesses to have no employment contract in place and to reimburse people based on invoices that are submitted to them for the hours worked. Even if you work hourly, you send, you know, I worked 12 hours this, this week and my expenses were 80 bucks and nobody has, maybe they don't have time to go through it all to to verify it. And so this lady may at the end of the year be looking at her taxes and saying, oh my God, I spent this much money on this employee and the expenses are incredibly high and I'm trying to write them off, but I don't have any of the receipts. So if I get audited, that's on me. And so that could be where this is all coming from. And so if she can't prove it and get the write off, then she's trying to make you bear the burden and it doesn't sound very fair to me. Sounds like she should ask for the invoices uh, up front. Got about a minute left. I don't know if we can get some callers here, but it'd be pretty quick. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not the best of ideas. Uh, but, hey, if, you drive, if you're driving some kind of car and there are rats eating your wiring, then there's a class a- action you should Google and try to jump into uh, because the, the car wires in these Toyotas are, are being eaten by rodents, and it's because of this soy-based stuff. And then worth, worth mentioning if you're involved in the Pokemon Go and – is there a class action going yeah, on? Yeah, there's there? a uh, for one for the Pokemon Go to where uh, <laughs> these people are having their, their property trespassed on, and they're finally suing Nintendo to assert their rights and say, you know, keep these kids and, uh, you know, adults off my property because I'm tired of them wandering around there to catch the elusive, you know, valuable Pokemon thingies. Oh, Pokey. Yeah, I know. It's weird. But, you know, it's not my thing, right? Different day. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on businesslegaltx.com. You can find me. There's a contact form there. Of course, a phone number and things like that. You can email me, though. Um, All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week. And, uh, of course, we'd love for you to call us in next week. Get your your messages in so we can read them out on uh, the Lawyered Radio Facebook page. Or, of course, you can go to my website and send me the questions. Um, Try to get up a website set up just for the show so it makes it easier to submit the questions. Thanks for listening to Lawyered. We'll be back next week at the same time, 3 to 4 on KSEV with me, Tim Sutherland. Talk to you next week.